0: All right, we're calling the meeting to order. Um, we are starting with public comments on items not on the agenda. Anybody in the public have any comments on items that are not on the agenda?
1: If you want to comment during the public comment portion of the agenda, you can raise your hand. Use um, the you raise your hand function on Zoom under the reactions button at the bottom of the screen, or you can press star nine if you're following in. So calling in. Public comment is limited to three minutes per person. That being said, um, are there any members of the public who would like to comment?
2: Uh, point of order, are, are, are you going to take attendance or call a roll? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we should. Yes.
1: Yeah. All right. Nicholas Stevenson?
3: Greg Thompson? Here.
1: Mark Palmer? Here. Kimberly Wilshire? Lauren Wiley? Here. David Cooper? Michelle
4: Orr?
2: Here. Yeah, and excuse me, but did we hear that David and Kimberly are not attending?
4: I heard Kimberly's not attending. And David is not,
2: that's right. Okay. Mm-hmm.
5: And our chairperson is here too, right? Yeah. Yes. Great.
3: All right. I'm not seeing any public comment.
1: Do you want to move to Okay.
0: we <clears throat> can we do approval of minutes, I guess.
1: We do not have the minutes from September 14th, so at the next meeting
0: we can approve. We'll approve. It. Okay. All right. We move on to external presentations. First is Kevin McGowan, our director of public works.
5: Hi, everyone. I'm Kevin. who's on the screen. Switch thoughts. Hi. <laughs> uh, if we could go to my quick presentation, I'd like to run through some slides for everybody. There we go, that's right. Okay, great. Hopefully, everybody can see the screen in front of them. Michelle, can you
4: see the screen? I can.
5: Super, thank you. Didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I'm glad you're there. So, uh, good evening, everyone. I'm Kevin McGowan from the Department of Public Works for the City of Sausalito. And this evening, I'd like to start our process of basically asking your assistance to develop the city's capital improvement program for next fiscal year. Next slide. Thanks, Katie, appreciate it. I mean, I could sit there and do it too. If you'd like it. Okay. Um, I have a few items to cover this evening, including a short summary of why the capital improvement program is necessary, um, how this commission can assist the staff with preparing the CIP. And what projects are on the active list uh, related to sustainability and other projects uh, over the five-year period? After that, I'd love to seek the commission's thoughts about any additional projects that should be included in next year's capital improvement program. Um, in past, also some projects we've some projects we've also removed, um, but it's not we don't usually do that. So next slide. So why do we need a capital improvement program? Sausalito has more than 7,000 residents. It's also an older city. That's right, older city built more than 100 years ago with narrow streets and older systems that require improvements and maintenance. While we would like to replace all of the roads and make all the improvements in city buildings, the city has a limited budget, making it impossible to address every issue in in one fiscal year or even five. The capital improvement program is utilized in conjunction with the city's strategic plan and general plan to list and prioritize public improvement projects. Sausalito CIP is updated every year. Um, In years past, Sausalito didn't do that, but since I've been here, we do it every year. And it's included in the city's annual budget. As part of that process, we like to meet with all the boards, all the commissions, in order to seek your guidance on whatever projects you think we should include. And that's why we're coming to you initially, because now that our meetings are kind of spaced out for all of our different committees, um, we try to catch everybody as much as we can. So I think your next meeting is not till February? March. March. So that's quite a ways away. And we'll be well into the budget process for looking at the CIP projects, so seeking your Input and letting you know how to get a hold of me. That's one of my intentions today. The CIP is a, an organizational and planning tool to help the City Council prioritize and identify funding to support projects. The actual CIP bro- document is broken down into different categories as well, shown on your screen here of drainage, facilities, general capital projects, sewer, streets, roads, and traffic. That helps us organize different projects because we have more than 90 projects on the list and it's just hard to keep track of everything. Next slide, please. All right, as you know, your commission is composed of various residents that are passionate about the city and have varied backgrounds that can help staff develop a robust robust CIP document that covers projects that are important to not just you but the city itself and i'm glad michelle's on this call because uh, she's helped us in years past as well as trying to identify some of these projects in the next couple of slides i'll show you some active projects that may may relate to the goals of this committee as well as other projects that that are on the cip the five year cip the intent is to ask your assistance in identifying new projects you would like to see on the capital program and assist us with future with in the future to identify grants and support of the cost of these projects. All of these should dovetail into the city's sustainability plan, excuse me. Yep, sustainability plan and general plan. The sustainability plan is more of a 10-year document, while the general plan is a 20-year document. So they dovetail into that specifically. Next slide All right, let's take a look at some active projects. We have 37 active projects on our list. Out of those, four of those are kind of directly related to sustainability. The one on the top has been a thorn in my side for the last two years, and I can't quite figure out why, but um, I'll kind of give you a briefing on this. So as simple as it may seem to put put in EV stations, we reached out to a local firm to identify the stations and the locations We entered an agreement with them. However, city staff and finance staff would have to manage that entire project. And they suggested we use a separate company to go ahead and install them and manage them. So we're trying to pursue that at this point in time. It hasn't been a great pathway to getting these finished. This is my red tape project. It's so simple to put them in, but we just can't seem to make that step. So I've got one of my staff members working on it. We've got some legal issues with setting up the documentation. But again, we're really trying to get this in place, and I'm trying to push folks to do that. The Climate Action Plan um, was approved, I think, last Tuesday. Is that right? Yeah. Or sea level rise and that type of stuff. So that's a really big, big step. So many thanks to Katie. I don't know if you're going to brief the group on that. They probably know everything about it already, but
1: go over um, a little bit more. That sounds great.
5: So uh, making sure that we have projects that can dovetail into that work, or vice versa, that work can dovetail into our projects. That would be very important. Um, start drain capture devices. We're working with the county to install a large capture device on the Spring Street watershed, and that's even though this shot isn't too great. This is the entire Spring Street watershed. And we're trying to put a, a capture device down there in the What's nice about this is the county has uh, initiated this entire project, no cost to the city. And they've identified additional funding to support the design, which that's where we're going next. We're going to design the system to put it in place. And Caltrans has stepped up to say that we're going to support the actual construction as well. So more good news let's see how this plays out. There's always challenges such as we uh, we don't own the roadways down here in Marinship, so that's one of our challenges. Plus, there's other things such as contaminants in the soil that we have to deal with. I don't think that's going to be too much of a
2: problem, but you never know. Excuse me, Kevin, who owns the roadways in Marinship? That would be the federal government. Oh, the whole Marinship? No, yep. it's changes.
5: So certain places uh, down here we're saying that we think the affronting property owner has the right to this half of this roadway same with this one this property which is the old machine shop that's federal so it jumps around so it's it's not really clear Um, in addition we have some more requirements to put in trash capture devices throughout the city by 2030 so we're trying some new devices on different roadways One of the issues for our maintenance staff is these these trash capture devices. um, We have a lot of leaves, and they can get blocked up fairly simply. So we want to try different mechanisms first to see what works best for our team. We're trying three different ones in different places this year, just to see how they're working. Okay, next slide. Remember, we've got uh, 37 projects on the active list, so I'm not showing you everything. Now, this is the the other projects that are on the five-year list. Last year, the CIP has more than 80 projects. Um, For your sake, I've only listed a few of these here that have relevance to the Sustainability Committee. Um, I'm not going to review all of these. However, details of each project can be found on the City's website. And this was presented to the Council in April of last year with a full big document that I'm carrying with me today, if you're interested. So here's some ideas which relate to these projects. Installation of a water tank on Spring Street. The idea is to collect water and use that water during a drought period to water our mediums and water our grasses. Um, Obviously challenges, because again, we don't own all the property in Marinship, but this is a great spot. We'd like to pursue that. Um, Parking lots. We've talked about parking lots and permeable concrete and pavers permeable concrete's kind of expensive that's a little picture up here in the middle um, that doesn't mean we shouldn't pursue it even though sometimes they say oh that's just terrible no it doesn't mean we shouldn't pursue it it just means it has challenges same with pavers um, we could look into doing something like this in some of our parking lots uh, there's like i said there's more issues with that if we have trees around the trees will seek out the water and they'll push up these pavers you know there's always challenges with this but what I'm trying to get to this group is, help me identify some of these projects. Let me know where you think we should kind of concentrate our efforts. And we'll take a class look at it so that we can put these things on the capital program. Um, heating and ventilation and air conditioning. Um, how's the system in this building? Do we have air conditioning? No. No way. <laughs> We're lucky if we have heat and it's, it's not on this evening. So um, as we move into uh, different times with global warming, we'll need to take a look at HVAC systems and have a, a, a good sustainable system for our buildings. And we have quite a few buildings. Battery backup systems is another thing that we might want to consider, and even simple things like replacing windows. These are one pane windows, mm-hmm. that's why it gets cold in here and in the evening, so next slide. All right, so kind of turning back to folks I, I don't really expect anybody to to uh, answer me tonight Of oh, we need to include this project. But I, what I'd like to do is make sure that you're always welcome to email me here at the city, if you have an idea of which project to include in the capital programs. Um, I've laid out a few of these just with some pictures on the lower left side we've got some vertical banks near I think this is near Dumphy park. We do have a project that we need to improve on the uh, south side of Dumfries Park and it will have something to do with putting in some sustainable fill in this area so these banks don't give away. Um, we've been talking in the city for a while about looking at seawalls, this particular area that's shown in the middle of this screen. During the last storms, we had some pretty big waves that came in with the uh, the weather and they overtopped the roadway. Sure, it might happen only once every 100 years, but as we have more uh, global warming, I'm anticipating that this will occur more often. And this is the only way in and out of uh, Old Town for fire department and police stations, so we might want to look at something like the seawall. It's a huge project, but um, at the same time, it's something that we want to consider. And then the other picture on the screen is an old drainage system down in Marinia. This is probably 15 feet wide on the lower portion of your screen here. Uh, the important thing is, though, that it drains most of um, Caledonia, Caledonia, but Coloma Street and the north side of town. We don't own the roadways where this crosses, so it's a challenge, and it's going to need to be fixed in some sometime in the future. The sides are sheet pile walls, they're sealed, and they're exposed to the bay. they corrode quite easily, or at least that's what they're showing. So that's been on our list for a while, but we'll need to find some type of funding in order to support. And then just to remind the group, we're looking at different categories for projects, and I'll just say them again. So it's drainage, our facilities in town, that includes buildings, roadways, how can we improve roadways? Uh, traffic, traffic signals, traffic striping, and we also have a sewer collection system. So that's it for my quick presentation. Please feel free to get a hold of me if you have ideas on which projects you think we should include. And uh, obviously my name's on the, the city website, but you're always welcome to contact me via email or phone. And let me see if I can put things on the list for us all. Okay, so that's all I have for today. If there are any questions or comments,
3: Listen. Yes, ma'am. Hey,
6: um, I have a few questions. One, it's hard to ask without seeing, you mentioned the longer list of projects. I believe, I think it was COVID because I'm remembering a Zoom screen. But I, in the last time you presented, years ago, I remember the discussion about the projects. There's the sustainability projects, like the selection you showed there, which are have obvious ties in. But then there's your other projects that you're just doing, and we talked about the adding the sustainability lens to those that, at first glance, might. you might not think sustainability. Has that been something that you have done? Over the years, you know, educating the staff and, you know, thinking about on the outside it's a a project that has nothing to do with sustainability, but looking at it differently, there's an opportunity to use a more sustainable material, or there's an opportunity to, you know, do something else.
5: You're so polite. You say that that I'm educating my staff. No, 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 no. They educate me. So we have, we have new folks that come in and they have, like Katie, she has much more um, knowledge about this type of stuff than I do. But the answer is yes. Uh, most of our projects, would look for opportunities. An example is the Ferry landside project, which you may have seen come through our council. And even though it's not required to put in a bioretention system for the parking lot, because we're not doing much to the parking lot, we want to put one in and I'm trying kind to of push for that. We've got some pushback from some of the residents as well. But there are more opportunities. So you know, one has to do with the pavers uh, uh, that, or the uh, pervious concrete that Katie brought, at least to me before. And if we do redo some of the parking lots down there, that would be a good opportunity to look into that. They are more expensive, and we have to put in some drainage systems. But it doesn't mean that we shouldn't look at it. We try to look for those opportunities. And if we have enough funding in order to allocate that, yeah, let's bring it to council. Let's see if they want to proceed. So anything that you can think of as you look at our items that might go to council, um, or you have ideas, please feel free to bring it to me.
6: Great. And the the other question was a quick one. Could you just elaborate a little bit on your first point about the the challenges you're having with the EV charger and exactly what that issue is that it's creating the red tape?
5: Yep. Okay. So I initially said that we had a group called intertie that were going to, um, they were going to install these systems at, in the parking lot. We're going to have five out here, two down, one down at uh, Dumpy and the other one over at Block two. And obviously we've got, you know, a couple of construction issues, but that's not not too difficult. Entertie uh, was not going to manage the systems. I don't have staff, and I don't have finance in order to manage these systems. Like, you know, what charge? What amount do you charge? And um, you know, how does the city recoup its cost to that? And one of the ways to deal with this was to have a separate company come in and manage it. It'd be great. We'd love to do that. It's like a, something called charge point. I'm sure you're very close to same type of thing. However, our original agreement is with Entertie. So now we get into some legal issues back and forth of, what do we do with an contract? How do we bring in another company in order to do this? That's kind of where we are right now. It's just taken us a long time to get to this point. So again, my apologies. I wish this could have gone better, but it hasn't, and maybe we'll do better
3: in in the future.
1: It's my understanding that, I'll I'll be told me that there's some preemptive work happening in Dency Park. To prepare for the chargers. So things are happening in the meantime, maybe.
5: Yeah. If you look at Dumpy Park, uh, the way it was designed, it's got decomposed granite that goes uh, on the pathways that cross the parking lot. Those are getting beat up. So all the cars that pass them are bottoming out on the potholes. We're going to replace that with regular concrete that's colored, so you shouldn't see too much of a difference. When we do that, we're also gonna put the conduit in to connect the, the wires to the, the service so that it can pull the wires through fairly simply. And that's kind of the same with lot two. Even though there's one charging station, we wanna set it up for more. Same with here. We're anticipating in the future that we're taking a look at our fleets. And for us, that's not a big deal because mm-hmm. we only have one or two cars that um, our building department may use or, or he, might or say, myself may use to visit places around town. But we want to change our fleet around to have more electric vehicles, if we can, or um, you know, hybrid vehicles, that type of thing. So that would require us to change the parking lot as well so that we can accommodate that. So yes, looking at opportunities as much as we can. And I'm glad Katie's here to kind of look over our shoulder too. So that's very helpful.
3: Does
2: the city have a policy about uh, vehicles and purchasing new vehicles uh, uh, to be electric or hybrid? Not yet. We just purchased
5: some um, heavy duty vehicles for our maintenance staff. One of the worries is that the pickups that you can get for electric vehicles, you know, they don't, they don't perform as well. And ours are just falling apart. Ours are 23 years old. So it's one of those that we just have to go to the truck at this point. Now some of the smaller vehicles, and I have reminded maintenance staff that if we if we can look into finding, let's say an electric truck that will work better, great, let's give it a try. So it's not it's not that we're saying no altogether, it's just right today, we have to go ahead and do, do, do.
6: Is that when you're, when that policy goes into effect, is that going to extend to the police department?
5: Decent question, I don't know. There okay. is,
1: um, I'm trying to look up the name of it. I had it earlier this week um there's the the new carb electrification rule which goes into effect um january 1st 2024 uh which requires i don't have them on hand but a certain percentage of municipality fleets um to be ED, I think or, it's new purchases. Yeah. It's yeah. not their
5: own fleet. It's any new purchases. Yeah. New acquires by
1: by municipalities. And I
5: think it's half. So if you end up yeah. buying 10 new vehicles for the city of San Rafael, half of those have to be That's the first step. And then, was it two years after that or something?
2: All it turns out to 100. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: You know.
2: so regarding. I have- Oh, uh, I have
4: a, my hand raised, and I don't know if anyone can actually see that. <laughs> but I do have a question whenever it's my turn. Go
2: ahead, Michelle. Okay.
4: Oh. Kevin, I can't see you, but uh, thank you for your presentation. I really appreciate everything that you have on your plate and that you have taken the time to meet with this commission uh, to think about how the the sustainability lens on the work you do, as Lauren said. And um, I and working a lot on sea level rise, as you know, and sustainability from that perspective. And I'd be interested in following up with you on the projects in the CIP that are along the shoreline at the lowest elevations and just seeing what sustainability lens there might be on those types of projects. Um, and I don't know if there are very many at all, but uh but that's something that I'd be interested in having a follow-up conversation with you on. Um, And then uh, also you mentioned sustainable fill at Dumpy Park. I have done some work there and um, I would be very happy to help with what that might look like with a non-armored fill, uh, gravel beach type fill if that is feasible, if the options are still open for doing something like that. I think it would be a nice way of, of treating the shoreline that would be very natural and also provide the erosion control that, that you're looking for. Um, And then you mentioned also, you know, potential future projects and, and like a project at Bridgeway, as that becomes uh, more uh, subject to increased wave at, action and flooding with with future sea level rise. And I think most of you are aware we have the sea level rise adaptation planning process that just got contracted and is about to kick off. And that will be looking at potential projects along the shoreline, including potential uh, projects that could be done by the city and become CIP projects. And so that process will help Um, identify what those projects could look like, like raising uh, the edge of uh, protecting a bridgeway. Um, What that could look like, uh, how much it might cost, kind of big picture ballpark estimates, and then where how these projects are prioritized relative to each other. And hopefully some of those higher priority projects that could be done by the city will, will end up in the CIP. Um, so I think that that planning process could help prioritize and, and figure out kind of what's a, a good thing to do next and then what can be kicked a little further down the road and lay out some sort of sequencing there.
5: Sounds good. Thanks, Michelle. You know, as far as Dunphy Park, um, putting fill in there on the bayside has two steps. One has to do with, like you said, protecting the bank and future erosion. But we're also trying uh, excuse me, the plan says that we're supposed to put in plants that are basically they're supposed to be in that type of tidal area, so that's doing pickleweed, doing some other things in that area, which will also improve the entire area from erosion and be more natural setting.
4: Yeah, that's actually my world that I live in. <laughs> um, so I'm very happy to talk to you about that too. How you stabilize shorelines with plants and appropriate shallow slopes. Um, yeah, so so if that's of interest to you. Oh yeah. Great. <laughs> I'll be reaching out.
5: Sounds good.
2: Great. Uh, more questions Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, uh, I'm glad to hear you talk about the, the the seawall approach and in conjunction perhaps with the roadway improvements on on Bridgeway, uh, especially from Princess to Richardson, if that moves forward. Uh, is there an opportunity to do a more of an integrated design with the roadway design and the seawall uh, combination together rather than one and then the other, and maybe they'll work together better or, or not, not as well if they're done separately? Yeah, that's the intent is we've had a lot of pushback
5: for one of our projects was to, to take out the center median on that, that stretch. And so, But in looking at that, I think the only way to really solve that is to move outward a little bit. And knowing that there is sea level rise that can
2: impact this area, this may be a viable solution that we need to look at. Then on on the the Bridgeway Napa to Johnson, uh, you know, that's a a pedestrian bicycle safety, vehicle safety program. Uh, you know a lot of people consider sustainability as being you know energy savings or waste management etc but you know we're not here to save save the earth we're here we're here to make it a better place for people and and you know the earth is planet's going to take care of itself one way or another but we we need to make a better place for us to live and uh, I think that those type of improvements are definitely sustainable sustainability. Uh, improvements and, and that we're, we're really you know preventing people from dying on, on, the, on the highway and uh, so i commend you for all the work you are doing on that and i really uh, looking forward to seeing those improvements on, on bridgeway i think that's very important thank you i appreciate
5: that one other thing to mention that it just it's come up today i've been working on what's called a local hazard mitigation plan and it's a tool for the city in order to get more federal funding we have one at the county level. It's expiring this year. The county stepped up and has initiated the next piece of that. And the intent is to try to make sure that we finalize that plan in the next 30 days, turn it into FEMA, turn it into the state, and that way we're we're uh, more funding is available to us. And so the seawall, sea level rise, all these other projects, they may come
2: into play because they prevent they prevent these disasters from occurring. And then uh, one other point I wanted to make on the EV charging, um, uh, you, you may—I'm sure you're aware—that uh, one of the projects we've been working on for the last couple of years is uh, uh, electrification reach codes, and you know it hasn't gotten to City Council yet, but we—you uh, know—it is on their future agenda list. And one of those reach codes is is enhanced EV charging in new construction, and uh, it goes above and beyond what the what the state. Building code requires, and uh, you know a, a number of municipalities within Marin County have, have adopted this enhanced EV charging infrastructure requirements for new construction. But I think it's really important, as you know, for the city to set the example for the private sector as well. And we really are, are very interested in how we can uh, move forward with uh, EV charging for, that are publicly accessible. So wanted to put another two cents in worth in for that that sounds good just on
0: that too, any I, mean, I mentioned this to Katie any reference we can get from San Rafael okay. and Anselmo, other towns that have already done charging and how they did it and why they did it a certain way I mean that, that will inform us that's all I'm saying
5: yeah 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 I actually reached out to San Rafael because I was part of the one putting the charging in their parking lot uh, okay like, okay you yeah, which ones did you use? Yeah, Let's go. Yeah. Come on. So you already did. OK, thank you. Let's Good. go. <laughs> so it's just been, it's not a great project for us internally. We should have been able to handle this within six months, but we didn't. So <laughs> my apologies. Like
6: Quick follow up on, you mentioned Federal and that, the snafu with them having that building and some of the confusion about the ownership. Is that a blocker or do you like are you having trouble hearing back from the federal government on that? No, or right it now
5: it's it's um it's the, the legal portion of setting this up because it is not city's property, we'll have to get an easement in order to install the facility, and that easement has to have an agreement with it that says we can maintain it. And the uh, the two property owners on either side are not required to maintain it. So again, it's a legal thing that we've got to go through. Mm -hmm. Um, Easements take time. Mm -hmm. I wish we could turn it over quickly, but not not right away. Mm -hmm. Our our step on this kind of coincides. We're looking into the design phase. So that'll take us a couple months to put the design together. And then after that, uh, excuse me, at the same time, we're working through the easement phase. So hopefully those two will go at one spot. And by the time we're ready to actually dig up the ground and put this in place, um, all that should be cleaned up. So right. that's the intent. We'd also like to go ahead and use Caltrans' money to put in that water tank at the same time. Uh, they had said that they will participate in uh, in putting in this uh, large capture device, and if if possible, we'd love them to put in more because they have
2: more money allocated to it. So that's another step for us to negotiate.
5: With
2: One other point on electrification. Uh, I'm very happy to see the the uh, water heater, uh, heat pump water heater upgrade project going forward. You guys are sure. spoiling all my update. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, in, in that regard, you know, I, I, you mentioned city hall and cooling. And, uh, obviously, heat pumps would be the proper solution to to upgrade here and window replacements. Along with that, you know, you really do need to have an energy efficient building. Uh, to, to properly utilize uh, electric heat pump technology, so those two go hand in hand, and I'm, I think the commission is very interested in seeing uh, those type of upgrades uh, take place. Sounds good. We'll keep keep moving forward. We have quite mm-hmm. a few
5: buildings, so you know it's the old BMA building downtown. Yeah. Now you know we've got uh, NLK buildings as well. Those need new HVAC systems, so
3: you know we'll try to keep that in mind. Great. Thank you. You
1: come in.
0: Thank you, Kevin. Thank, Thank you. We appreciate it. Bye-bye, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. bye-bye. Bye Thank, Thank, Thank you Thank you. All right, uh, we will move on with uh, Jack and Kinsey and carbon-free homes. Perfect. Um, yeah, I could go up there for some. Nice little segue, actually.
7: I will pick up the conversation at yeah. building yeah. electrification. Yeah.
0: Um, all right, let next. Yeah. Do you get anything back in there? Uh, yes, yes, we go. You. Oh. Thank you. You can, back, the can you come down? Perfect. All right. <laughs> He's in Mexico. <laughs> or, um, <laughs> like, no. Yeah. yeah, no,
7: it's all right. You like, can. I don't time for it. Mm. Um, thank you everyone for having us here, inviting um, nice us to speak with you and share about what we're building at Carbon Free Homes and how we're working with cities. Um, a little context of who I am. My name is Jack Holkar. I grew up in Lucas Valley. I've uh, been living in Denver, Colorado, where I've been building this company from. But um, half of our team is here in the Bay Area. And, I'm actually uh, transitioning and moving back to the Bay Area next summer. So that is exciting. Um, My background is 10 years in uh, startups and eight of those years working in climate tech. And the last 18 months, uh, my team and I have been very focused on the built environment and how do we increase the deployment of electric machines to decarbonize homes through electrification. And so um, that's what I'll be sharing with you today. It's carbon-free homes and um, how we're working with the cities. So in Marin County, just for context, I know you all probably know these numbers, but uh, the built environment is responsible for 31% of uh, emissions in Marin County. That's 26% from natural gas, 5% from electricity usage. and Uh, to hit our sustainability goals in Marin County we're going to have to rapidly decarbonize the built environment and one of the primary ways to do that is through electrification and through fantastic equipment such as heat pumps heat pump water heaters induction stoves and other appliances so as we developed carbon free homes we started looking at our customers we started looking at the individual homeowners speaking with contractors utilities manufacturers distributors and cities and we you know saw the tailwind from the ira and the massive opportunity that the ira presents for the deployment of this technology and we started talking to cities and even states and realizing they didn't have the tools in their toolkit to successfully deploy all of the ira money that they have at their disposal And so you know we saw that cities have a goal or mandate to electrify buildings as a part of their net zero pledges and this won't be possible if homeowners can't connect with the right contractors to electrify their homes and you know i'm sure many of you have heard a story whether it was yourself or from a neighbor a friend a family member who said oh yeah i tried installing a heat pump you know i went online and started calling people five contractors showed up and no one wanted to install a heat pump for me You know, someone tried talking me out of it. Someone said, oh, there aren't any rebates. You know, there's a number of different stories. And, you know, we just really saw this as a key problem of, you know, we're not connecting homeowners with the right contractors because the way to find them um, is broken. You know, we're seeing that whether you're using Google, Yelp, Angie's List, Thumbtack, the methodology to sort contractors is set up for traditional appliances. And it's sorted by the ratings and the comments for a contractor rather than their qualifications. So what we've developed is a unique methodology that sorts contractors based on their qualifications and historical track record of installing green appliances. And so we found that when you apply this sorting methodology, The types of contractors, the names of these contractors that are popping up are significantly different than what you would find on regular platforms. And so, you know, we we took the solution to cities and said, would this be helpful? We know that there is a large number of homeowners who are learning about the IRA, learning about, you know, money, money gets people's ears perked up and they're going towards their city. They're going towards the state to learn about these rebates. And we found that cities we're struggling because they said, you know, we can educate people about the rebates. We can educate people about the equipment, the benefits, this, that, and the other. But we can't close the loop because we're having trouble connecting homeowners with the right contractors. And so that's where we've developed a, a partnership program. And you know, we've we've mocked up the city of Sausalito's partnership page for you. This is not live, so you know. <laughs> this is how we're, we're working with cities, but I wanted to be able to show you, you know, the idea of having a city's homepage where, you know, from the rebate page, from the education page, it can link out to the carbon-free homes in Sausalito partnership page, where again, we're able to identify there are 49 contractors available within the service uh, area for homeowners to be able to reach out and say, okay, bellows, plumbing, heat and air they have 99 permits showing that they have completed heat pump projects in the last six months. And so that helps homeowners identify, you know, this isn't just, you know, all around, you know, gas furnaces, this, that, and the other It shows heat pump permits that have been pulled. And, you know, the other way that this is really important for cities is helping increase the rate of permitting. You know, I haven't chatted with the permitting office in Sausalito, but chatting with Santa Fell. Yeah, 85% of work going unpermitted right now. And that's gonna really affect the quality of work of installing a heat pump. It's also gonna struggle, you know, with us understanding how many of these appliances are actually getting installed. And so the incentive to be on our platform again, our methodology isn't sorted by a pay-to-play or you know, traditional comments and reviews. It's one of the pieces of the methodology is by showing the number of permits. And so contractors know to sort of work their way up within our marketplace. It's by the number of heat pumps and good quality heat pump installations that are happening, and that's backed by permitting. So we can already see that home or contractors have the incentive to actually make sure that this work is being permitted, and they're not trying to, you know, do the work through the back door. So going into what this accomplishes. I'm gonna you know go over these pretty quickly, but the clarity of process. We want this to be really easy. We heard from homeowners, oh, it's difficult understanding the rebates and incentives. How do I reach out to the contractor? The permitting process, oh you know, the the heat is out, I need to just install something, and the you know, the contractor wanted to do a traditional gas furnace. I'm just gonna go with that because it's easy. And we see people dropping out of this process because it's too much work. So We're simplifying this whole process. We're providing the education. We're aggregating all the resources so they have these things in one place. Now, this leads to the speed of deployment. We all know from the climate direction, we are rapidly running out of time. We need to significantly increase the speed of deployment of electrification and full electrification of homes. And we also see that we have the ability to create a flywheel of happy homeowners who are gonna tell their neighbors And that drives more adoption from the contractors, because at the end of the day, contractors are driven by money. And they can see that there's more money to be made in the electrification of homes, rather than trying to stick with what they know best as gas appliances. And finally, a really big piece of what we're looking at is how do we have an equitable transition? And there's a big opportunity where, you know, contractors see sort of the dollar signs and they upcharge certain homeowners. They're targeting affluent neighborhoods, affluent homeowners, and charging them a, you know, significant premium to install this. We need the transparency to show pricing of what a heat pump should be between the equipment cost and the installation cost, because a heat pump is no harder than an air conditioning unit. It's actually just plugging in um, an extra cable, an extra uh, line um into you know what would be a traditional uh air conditioner installation and so within the equitable transition we want to make sure that it's not just affluent houses being electrified because that then puts the sort of utility gas gas death spiral on low-income families and we really want to avoid that so making it very clear for how different community members whether it's lmi communities whether it's uh, you know families who uh, English isn't their first language, uh, whether it's you know um, elderly families who actually need someone to pick up the phone and walk them through this process. You know, we're developing all of the tools to make that happen. And again, this is how we can support cities, um, support their homeowners. So our plans in Marin, we're currently running a pilot in San Antonio in Fairfax, uh, with Sean Ura. It's a six-month pilot program. Our um, goal is to transition 25 appliances. Um, you know, that's a single appliance in 25 homes, whether it's a heat pump, heat pump water heater, or an induction stove. Um, as part of this pilot program, we're looking to launch a group by program. And this is going to be focused on an LMI community where we actually plan to electrify 20 homes. Um, through a bid process with a contractor who can commit to electrifying all of those homes in a 6 to 12 month time range. We're working with Mitsubishi Electric to actually add an extra discount for those 20 appliances to bring down the uh, manufacturer rebate to, to an extra 20% on top of the rebates. And um, finally, you know, with what we're developing with our platform, We're working on equitable workforce development programs to bring new jobs into the space and upskill existing contractors, so we can have more people focused on electrification. So um, ran through that pretty quickly and I'd love to open to questions, but I can say our one ask right now is we are hoping to speak with more cities, you know, um, we want to speak with the leaders who are focused on these types of initiatives and we're really in a process right now where we want to learn from cities of how can we best work with you what programs need to be developed how can our technology and infrastructure support your goals and for us you know we really look at ourselves as sponges right now and all the feedback we can get is going to help us build you know the best possible transition platform so um, that's really the ask. Is just connecting with the right people at the city
3: level who can um, help us continue to develop our product. So um, yeah, that's that it. Thank you, everyone.
0: Thank
3: you, Jack. Yeah, of course. Thank
0: you, Barbara, for Free Homes. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh,
2: thank you. Very good. Um, in terms of you know, the equity argument, uh, you talked about low and middle income yeah. communities. How do you how do you approach the rental market? Rental
7: market is connecting with the landlords and helping them understand. So the, a couple outreach programs that we've been developing in Denver, Colorado has been, you know, direct mailers going to the renter and then them having the information to be able to pass on to their landlord. Most uh, renters are in uh, contact with their landlords through email now. We're making it really easy to help send the landlords links. Or, you know, another situation that we've been looking into is actually having um, uh, the renters work with us and put us in contact with their landlord, because at the end of the day, the landlords are going to be the ones making the decisions. And so, you know, say um, how to get directly to the decision maker as quickly as possible, and then working with them on sort of the different incentive structure of how you know a landlord is going to be looking at home electrification and for them it's going to be a lot more from sort of the investment standpoint so the benefits to a homeowner who's actually interacting with the hvac etc versus the landlord who's looking at their properties and investments maybe
2: it's like, the the rebates that i've seen mm-hmm. go to a homeowner's principal residence okay. and not income property so are there rebates available for landlords to work on their income properties?
7: So we, we have been speaking with people at the DOE looking at IRA incentives that are gonna be addressing this. We, we understand that you know to electrify the United States, we will have to address this mm-hmm. and there will be rebates. So that is one of the pieces of looking at, can the occupant uh, rebates Pass through to the landlord and in Colorado, at least uh, working with the Colorado Energy Office, they've been looking at, um, you know, sort of these gray areas around the rebates that would make that possible. So, you know, uh, we've we've also seen like, um, especially with uh, the uh, new 120 volt key pump water heaters of renters saying, oh, I'm going to buy that, I'm going to get the rebate. I'm going to take it with me when I go to my next house. And so, you know, that's another opportunity that we don't see as sort of sustainable moving forward. But I think we're going to see a lot more news coming out of DC around um, what we'll be able to do with the natural market. So, we want to be able to build the infrastructure to be ready for them.
2: Then you have to have a a gas warrior sitting in your garage waiting to be replayed. Put back in you know, if you move. Take it you. Yeah. I
7: mean, there's there have been a couple of conversations in um, actually speaking with Half Moon Bay about sort of a emergency uh, furnace surplus of like two transition homes. If there are homes that you know something breaks down and there's you know a backlog to get a heat pump water heater or something like that, they're actually able to. Uh, rent out or you know uh, deploy a plug-in furnace where you know it'll, it'll keep the the hot water running before they can get that heat pump water heater so I think there's gonna be some creative solutions and again that's where we're excited to be able to you know every city partnership that every city that we're talking to right now seems very open with sharing this and you know we heard that before like okay what's San Rafael doing you know this is the idea of the networks of cities that we're building right now. We want to be able to share, okay, this is working in Half Moon Bay. I think this is something that can potentially be So
4: My
6: question is, that's a nice um, segue into my question, which is just understanding a little bit more about your footprint of cities you're working with. Is it primarily Colorado and the Bay Area? Is, is you mentioned piloting with, yeah. with are there Beyond pilots and other
7: areas? We have not moved beyond pilots yet. So, um, we we initially launched our platform as a consumer product. So, there is sort of the consumer site side of this, but working directly with cities. Uh, San and Selma and Fairfax are our first fully engaged uh, pilot programs, We're looking at a pilot program in Boulder and Denver early next year. So, that will be Q1 in Colorado. Uh, the regional sort of Focus has just been because I'm, you know, part of the team right. in Colorado, part of the team is here uh, in the Bay Area. And, you know, within the Bay Area, we've also acquired a company called Ready Set Replace, which some of you may be familiar with. So yeah. yeah, Ready Set Replace is now a carbon-free homes company. So homeowners sort of have the two different directions of sort of the open marketplace concept of being able to, you know see the different contractors that they're reaching out to and then ready Set Replace is much more focused on uh, more of the concierge experience where you know we'll be mm-hmm. setting homeowners
6: up with the so what offer. what constitutes a pilot
3: mm-hmm. that you
6: know that you're working with and, and so you being here today is there an ask of us to consider as
7: I, I think the ask would be um, I mean a, a similar pilot to, to what we're running with San and Salmon Fairfax of understanding, you know, is this something that could support your homeowners? Um, you know, I don't think the direct ask is, hey, we're here, we're you know, ready to set up the pilot. What I can show you is that we do um, so we do have actually the live version of uh Sausalito's platform so we can actually you know click in through all these so this this is sort of in the development space of our platform but can be made live relatively quickly and so you know within that again we're, we're looking to talk to the right people who would be able to sort of um you know work with us more on a one-on-one basis to see if this is something that could benefit Sausalito homeowners and again we've designed this so there's no management from the city side. This is much more of a, okay, you know, this is something we'd be interested in. This is something that we can integrate into our city's website. And then really so far our only ask of San and Samo and Fairfax has been access to direct mailers. So this is something where we can help on marketing and being able to, you know, make homeowners aware of the program. So what we've been doing with Sean is designing sort of the marketing, one of the initial marketing, initiatives that we're going to be launching in January through Fairfax and San Anselmo is a uh, QR code sticker that we'll be mailing out to residents through the two cities. Um, that sticker goes on the appliance and so when the appliance you know is near failure or they're looking into these, these rebates they can actually scan the QR code on the appliance and then it leads to the platform to help walk them through the steps and then Again, we totally understand QR codes may not be for everybody. So there's also the 1-800 number and then also just a direct link to the site. And we've seen that as, you know, that sticker on the appliance is the quickest way. You know, it's not a business card that's on the, you know, it's not saved link on your on your computer, on your phone. You know, when when that furnace starts rumbling, you're like, okay, it's time I'm going to scan this and get set up to find the right contractor to install.
6: So there's there's no is there a cost to the city?
7: No, not as of right now. So through these pilots, they're completely free. We are looking into, um, you know, is there a financial ask after the pilot? As of right now, we have not developed that. So that's ideally what we're developing through these pilot programs is understanding, you know, is there value added to the city that could be compensated through, you know, a revenue model. So.
2: It's, are you recruiting your participants through the direct mailer, primarily? It's,
7: it's, for us, it's much more of a marketing function of, you know, we've seen a significant amount of residents going to the, you know, homepages, understanding where the rebates are. This is, again, just making people aware. So, yeah, we, we could say partially recruiting participants through the direct mailers. But we'll also be, you know, uh, conducting our own marketing campaign. So, you know, we'll have our social up. We'll have, you know, our blog pages up. So, if people are looking for carbon free homes, if a neighbor tells them about that, you know, there will be other ways to to interact with us or learn about carbon free homes rather than just through this direct mailer program. We just saw again. We're we're looking at these pilot programs as, you know, the education, the the testing ground to test everything out. And we've just seen these direct mailers as. Probably the most direct access to, you know, having the stamp of the city saying, hey, this is through us. This is through a partnership that, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're testing out right now. And here's the information if you're interested. we just
6: tabled at at mm-hmm. our a recent yep. event, and the number one question that we got. <laughs> what, it, it, I mean, he pounced, It was all the rage yeah. at the yeah. table, yeah. and and we actually had some old ready set replaced oh, flyers from you know the six months prior oh, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's exactly the type of thing that we do through our outreach outreach work. Is you know the QR codes on where can I learn more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no one wants to digest information when they you know are like cruising yeah. around with
7: the beer so this, having a place to go this is the qr code sticker you give it to them it's shiny like you know iridescent it's fun looking mm-hmm. put that in the you know pocket and then put it on the furnace when they get home so they yeah. have direct yeah. access when they need it you know this is another thing we're doing with san Anselmo. we're actually hosting our first in-person event we're doing a you know uh, at the san Anselmo rec center next week on the 13th for San Antonio and Fairfax residents, you know, we'll have uh, one of the contractors in our network showing up to sort of talk from the contractor experience. Kinsey and I will both be there, just educating homeowners, telling them about the programs, sort of talking about carbon-free homes and Ready Set Replace within the city, talking about rebates, and again, learning how you know difference between what a mailer looks like versus a digital ad versus us actually showing up in person and spending face time, and so. Um, in Colorado, another very fun initiative. Um, and then I know I'm, I'm running over time, but we're actually building a mobile education unit. So we're uh, looking into building a little tiny house that you know has a Mitsubishi mini split on it. It's got an induction stove in there, solar on the top, Tesla battery wall. Ideally, it's going to be pulled by a Rivian if we can get the budget from the Energy Office. But they have this issue. Of they said, "Yeah, we want to do an education unit, but." there's a lot of neighborhoods, LMI neighborhoods where we can't expect these homeowners on the outskirts of town to make it downtown to this, you know, set brick and mortar location. Could you help us build this? And so, you know, this is going to be branded with a number of different companies, but the idea is, you know, let's take it to the fair. Let's take it to community events. Let's go to a church on Sunday. Let's, you know, go to the uh, Broncos Stadium and, put this up while everybody's walking in, learn about the rebates, take your QR uh, sticker. Home. And so again, that's where we see an opportunity. Pilot this in Colorado with the energy office. I think this is definitely something we could deploy in the Bay Area and it would be very successful.
3: So.
2: Okay. Have you gotten any pushback from municipalities on sharing their mailing list?
7: No, we're really excited to work with <laughs> municipalities. Also, you know, start conversations with MCE Peninsula Clean Energy, um, Folks up in Sonoma, and you know, even starting to talk with PG&E, I think there's a lot of alignment. This is you know, California. We're lucky. Seems like there's a lot more open doors with PG&E than dealing with XL in Colorado. There's a little more issues there, but again, through the municipalities, you know, sharing that mailing list, we're giving them the content, so they're not sharing the mailing list with us. We give them the content, and then they're sending it out through their channels. Mm. No, no issue of security of us Mm -hmm. taking a whole database of Mm -hmm. uh, homeowners' information. Thank you. Yeah, of course.
3: Cool.
0: Well, thank you very much. Great. Thank you. Yeah.
7: Excellent.
0: Thanks for coming. Yeah,
2: absolutely. We were we were one of those people you uh, Talking about uh, you were at
7: the, the that taste of the was No, we were at the what event was that? The Sausalito fair, it Was the, the art? A street fair? Whatever it was. Yeah, it was the, the, the toast, toast, toast. The yeah. Toast. Yeah. Yeah.
6: We were between like the and the. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that's why it was the Toast. Now I got it. I didn't see any toasters.
7: I uh, <laughs> <laughs> Very fun, super fun. Yeah. The fairy people, the so
1: musician,
7: fairy dancers, definitely. Oh yeah. was <laughs> 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 I mean, good. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, <laughs> well, well, thank you so much. Thank you, yeah. you. You have my email. Feel yeah. free to share it around. And again, we'd love to, you know, start conversations and learn how we can help. Awesome. Thank yeah. you all. Thank thanks you for the time. Much. Thank you.
0: All right, we will move on to Christine with our 2021 greenhouse gas inventory. 2021.
8: Hi, yeah, hey, everyone.
2: Hi. Hi.
0: Nice.
8: Hi. Nice to see you all again. Uh, so, yes, I have your 2021 greenhouse gas emissions inventory report. And let me pull up my presentation. Oops.
5: And thank you for being patient. <laughs> yeah, thank you,
0: Christine.
8: I know oh, yeah, fun. no problem. That was actually really interesting. From the beginning. Okay. So I think all of you are pretty familiar with MCEP at this point, but just a quick um, a reminder MCP was started in 2007, and all of the cities and towns, the county, MCE, TAM, and MMWD, or Marine Water now, um, are all partners, and we work together to implement our mutual cap programs and one of the things that we do is produce these annual community-wide inventories. Um, We're also trying to do municipal inventories but every five years we're a little late because of the pandemic so we've been waiting for those Um, but the annual inventories really help our jurisdictions to track their progress and see where they may need to make some course corrections or what they should really be focusing on next to continue to drive um, uh, emissions reductions. So uh, this, again, is in what we call an activity-based inventory as opposed to a consumption-based inventory. So, consumption-based inventories are going to include upstream emissions and life cycle emissions. Activity-based inventories are really just focused on those activities that occur within the Sausalito boundary. So, the consumption-based in, uh, inventory, which was done many years ago now, and actually this data is about 10 years old, But that shows about 42 metric tons per household. And our activity base is only showing 13 metric tons per household. That number has gone down like 25% over the past um, 10 years. So, but I just want to give you a sense of the scale and how we're not capturing everything. We're just really focusing on those emissions that we can that we have some more local control over and also the ones that we can pretty fairly reliably um, quantify and track over time. So this is a look at the emissions from 2021. That is the last year that we have all the data that we need in order to do these inventories. And um, not a lot of change here, but the transportation sector is of course still the largest sector. That's 63% of emissions are coming from transportation. Most of that, um, I think it was about 80%, come from passenger vehicles. And then the next largest sector is comes from the consumption of natural gas in the built environment sector, which is about 28% of emissions. So this electricity sector uh, is pretty small at this point. It's only 3% of total emissions, and that has been shrinking over the years. And then the other ones are also pretty small. Waste is 2%. That comes from the decomposition of organic waste in the landfills. Off-road represents emissions from construction and landscape vehicles and equipment. And then water and wastewater is just less than 1%. And that comes from emissions generated from the treatment and the delivery of water and wastewater. So here is a look at emissions going back to 1990. Now we have data that goes to 2005. And so we calculate annual emissions um, going back those, I guess it's 16 years. And then for 1990, we are estimating based on California guidance. So we estimated at 15% below the 2005 level. And so we've been using 2005 kind of as our benchmark and and every year reporting on how many percentage we are below the 2005 level. We're switching over to really using this 1990 level. It gets kind of confusing for people when we're talking about comparing 2005 to 1990. Um, And also we just want to be more consistent with the statewide goal, which is to reduce emissions 40% below 1990 level by the year 2030. So in 2021, Sausalito is 14% below the 1990 level. And so it is quite a ways to go to hit this 2030 target. So, some highlights from each of the sectors the purchased electricity use uh, was down 26% since 2005. And that is due to a combination of things. Uh, Solar PV installation is pretty big. And then also energy efficiency and conservation. The emissions though are down um, quite dramatically. That's that orange line on this graph. And those are down 87%. And that's due to the lower carbon intensity of electricity and both PG&E and MCE, which have been um, steadily increasing, especially for PG&Es on their side of the things they've been increasing the renewable energy content of their electricity generation. And then other like large hydro and nuclear is also considered to be greenhouse gas free. So all of that combines to be pretty clean electricity here in Marin. So because that electricity is so clean, there really is a huge opportunity here to convert our vehicles, uh, passenger vehicles, heavy medium duty vehicles, bicycles, to ones that use electricity and also appliances and heating systems to ones that use electricity. And I know you've been talking a lot about that, so I'm kind of preaching to the choir here, but um, there is, that's where we really see that we're going to drive significant reductions in emissions. Looking at natural gas, again, this is 28% of community emissions. Natural gas use is up 3% since 2005. I have a little asterisk there, and you may have read this in the report, but we we had some real difficulty getting data from PGE, and um, e especially we always do, but especially this year because there are these privacy rules. So what we ended up doing is getting zip code data uh, first, and we use that for some of the jurisdictions. We did that for Saucelito; is better than nothing, but it does include Marin City. Um, natural gas use and so that it may be responsible for some of that bump up that you see there between 2020 and 2021 if I took that out and just assumed the same level as 2020 we still had the same overall emissions reduction which is at 14 percent below 1990 level so so we just kept it in and you know I'm I'm giving you the disclaimer on that the other thing about natural gas use is that it's Highly variable, um, dependent on weather. So when we have a warm, particularly warm um, winter, we'll use less less natural gas. And conversely, if it's a very cold winter, we'll use more natural gas. And that kind of is responsible for that up and down that you see. Although it is uh, overall, you know, except for this bump up in the last year. pretty much a trend going down. Some of that is also due to energy efficiency, conservation, and now probably a small amount, but hopefully will be getting larger over time, is from fuel switching. In transportation, vehicle miles traveled is down 1% since 2005. We did get some new data this past year from a model that um, the Metropolitan Transportation Commission creates these models every few years and they go back and they recalibrate um, what the past VMT was for a particular jurisdiction. And then they give us data points that are in five year increments. So we're working with a data points from 2015 to 2025 and then 2030, 2035. And we just kind of do use a, we interpolate the data between those data points. So you're not gonna see things like the pandemic, when we know that VMT went down dramatically, but it doesn't show up in this data because we're 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 using a smooth line uh, methodology between 2015 and 2025. I'm letting you know about that because you know it's not it's the best data we have, and that's why we're doing it that way. Um, and then they go in and they do update this model uh, every few years so we'll have we'll be tracking that over time. So VMT is they're showing that it's down 1% since 2005, emissions themselves are down about 16% and that's due to improvements in fuel efficiency in vehicles and also zero emission vehicles which in 2021 in Marin County, it was a little under 6% of all registered passenger vehicles were ZEVs. And in Sausalito, it was a little above. It was at 6.3% in Sausalito. And that number has been climbing and is expected to continue to grow. You may know, and I may have told you this already, but uh, in recently, like the third quarter of this year, 38% of all passenger vehicles that are new passenger vehicles that are being registered in Marin County are zero emission vehicles. Um, so that's actually a pretty dramatic increase over the past year. So again, um, we see a big opportunity here to continue to reduce emissions through adoption of electric vehicles. Also, you know, using bicycles walking, of course, um, are always alternative transportation, and we're already, always pushing that as well. Electric bicycles are um, are really taking off, as I'm sure you know and can also help to drive these emissions down in the sector. In the waste sector, um, some really good news here too. So waste disposal is really trending down. It's 25% below the 2005 level, and then emissions are dropping. Um, So waste emissions are almost half of what they were in 2005, and that's because we're doing a much better job of getting that organic waste out of the landfill and not using it for alternative daily cover any longer at the Redwood landfill. There still is um, big opportunities here to continue to reduce emission through you know, very vigilant uh, composting and making sure people are sorting their waste and putting their organic waste in the green can or composting at home is always a great option as well. And then finally in the water sector, this is a very small sector um, but it's such a great story again um, that I love to just talk about this. That per capita water use is really down. It's down 29% since 2005. This is an average across the Marin Water District, um, their, their entire area. So I don't have Sausalito specific data, but 29% is a, a very good decline in water use. And then emissions are down. 95% and that's cuz our water agencies both Marin Water and Sonoma County Water use 100% renewable greenhouse gas free electricity in their operations. So, I believe yeah, that is it and I'm happy to answer any questions that you might have. That's great. Thank you, Christine. Any questions?
0: Yeah, of course. I of course. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Um,
6: hi Christine. Thank hi. you. That was great. Um, So a couple questions. One, that natural gas bump, do you think that that's a lot of, some of that was because we were sitting around in 2021 in our homes? Or do you think it was, what did the data tell you about COVID and that natural gas bump?
8: Yeah, you know, kind of what I'm kind of anecdotally and looking at other jurisdictions and what happened to their natural gas use, I think um, although people were in their homes more, it's generally in the evenings that we use natural gas, um, or at least more natural gas in the evenings. But probably more to the point is that a lot of those offices were closed during the day. So if the offices were closed and people were home, it it kind of is, you know, it kind of evens out, is what we've basically been seeing.
6: Um, Next question, can you remind me, I forget every year you come, the the travel criteria, the transportation, you know, how you're getting that information on the individual cars in Sausalito, the criteria would be great, a reminder.
8: Sure. And also, since I didn't talk about it, let me also remind you about how we count the vehicle miles traveled. So we're looking at trips that are the trips that either, the vehicle trips that either start in Sausalito and they could end somewhere else, or they could be coming from somewhere else, like somebody who lives in San Francisco and works in Sausalito. So if it the trip ends in Sausalito or starts in Sausalito, we count one half of those of those vehicle miles traveled or VMT. And then any trip, like a local trip that would start and end in San, um, Sausalito, We count 100% of that. And we're excluding all the pass-through traffic. So anybody who's driving on 101 and just, you know, driving right through Sausalito is not being counted. The data comes from modeling that's done by the Metropolitan Transportation Commission. They do this modeling for the Bay the, um, Bay Area plans that are done every few years and are coordinated with the regional transportation plan and also RENA. So... So that's why that data, the VMT data is, you know, it's every five or so year, five or 10 year increments that they provide that data. So they're going back and they're actually looking at what they're, you know, what the past transportation was. And then they're modeling future transportation and they're doing that based on all of the programs that are uh, and the expectations that are. Com- it kind of baked into that regional transportation plan. So, for example, there's a lot of new housing that's being anticipated and with all the, the uh, regional housing need allocations. So that is being incorporated into that model that um, was just updated last year and they updated every few years you know, apparently, I mean, I, I'm not a tra- transportation engineer. And so I, you know, apparently I'm told that these are, you know, very, very sophisticated models that they use, but they are models. They're not actual transportation counts.
4: So, so there's- uh, but I think
8: they do. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I think they do use a lot. Of, th- there's a lot of data that's generated just um, from our from our cell phones that they can capture and understand you know where cars are coming from and what and where they're going and and the trips that they make, so it's it's a pretty sophisticated model,
6: yeah, I mean that's what I was driving on is is it is it all model based or are they are there yeah, are they tracking cell phone data, are they tracking Tesla cars and are they tracking is there is there some sort of thing that we're driving by that is is capturing cars on road? How or are we strictly? Is it a combination of all? I just find I, I think I it's don't, a
8: combination. I, I yeah, remember what to say? Yeah, I I think it's a combination of all. I think they they do tracking. You know, they use that tracking data. Um, they also look at like registrations, so they know what type of vehicles are registered in in each county. Um, when they're when they're well, that's for the emission factors. But I think they're looking at both. Um, you know, the tracking data that they have and then they're modeling future with what with considering population growth and changes in land use. So they model future um, VMT as well.
6: Great. Really interesting. And final, just can you clarify, you said 38 percent of all new vehicle purchases in Marin are EV? Yeah.
8: um, And and. They're really, they're 38% of all new vehicles that are registered in Marin County are EVs, ZEVs, And most of those, 95% of them in that last quarter were um, all battery electric vehicles. So even plug-in hybrids are really beginning to fall out of favor. So mm-hmm. it's um, it's pretty amazing 38 that we're at 38% already. Do you know
6: how that compares to other counties?
8: Um, it's, it's very high. We're, you know, as far as like total ZEV registrations, we're second to Santa Clara County um, across all of California. So we're very high. And also, you know, the more, the higher income um, communities like Belvedere and Ross have, and Tehran have the highest rates compared to, you know, the rest of the jurisdictions in, in, um, in Marin County. But so it's, it's very it's very dependent on uh, on income because the, you know. Well, obviously, these are new cars. So.
6: Thank you.
2: Thank you, Christine. Uh, on the water, I, I realize that's a very small percentage of the of the big picture. But uh, what do you attribute, or can you attribute that twenty nine percent drop in in water usage?
8: Yeah, I think it's it's really it's conservation. Um, You know, there's been a lot of, well, first of all, just the building code over the years has gotten more and more stringent about water budgets for new construction, for remodeled landscapes. So um, all new building is using very, you know, a lot less water. Water has gotten more expensive, of course. So I think that kind of spurs people to um, be more conservative with their water use. And you just see a lot of, you know, landscape uses outdoor water uses most of the water use and you probably see i mean just anecdotally i see a lot of people like in my neighborhood who are taking out their lawns and putting in low water use plants and and landscaping so i think um i think people are just really conserving a lot of that was you know forced by the drought of course there were a lot of water restrictions and so that either got people to install low water use plants and low water use appliances or to just rethink their behavior and start um, being uh, more, you know, more careful about their water use.
2: Great. Thank you.
0: All right. That's great. Thank you, Christine, as always.
8: (laughs) My pleasure. Nice to see you all. Have a great rest of your meeting. Thank Thank you. Okay. Bye.
0: All right, we will move on. Uh, let's see, chair and vice chair update. I don't have a specific update, what other than my final moments in the commission will be March 31st, I guess. So, <laughs> um, my second term there's two three year terms, it's the end of my second term in March. So, um, but what it, it one of the things that just hits me every time I see the emissions chart is over ninety percent of our emissions are two categories, right? Transportation and the gas on our homes and buildings. So it's like this commission should be just banging on that always. We have been, I'm not saying you have know, it's like going forward, it's like just do everything we can to get the city and the people in the city to demonstrate getting those emissions down, 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 last year. You know, we know this, I'm just repeating everything we you
8: know, but it always gets me in the head. It's like, we can just keep those two. So like doing a
0: partner um like you know, having carbon free homes as a it's like we want everyone in the city to go online and do XYZ and get this done. And how do we make it so easy for them is you know a good thing to, to keep pursuing.
2: Okay. Vice Chair, your turn. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I just have a couple of procedural questions or uh, comments um i was interviewed on tuesday night at the city council meeting for the beginning of my second term and uh, I, I was a little surprised that david cooper was also scheduled but he was a no-show and uh i don't know if he uh out of town or does anybody else know if,
0: all i know is that he, he emailed me today about not being here and that he was <laughs> reconfirming his acceptance of being nominated as the new vice chair going forward, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. the fact that he didn't do his interview for a second term doesn't, it's not because he doesn't, he's intending to have a second term, yeah.
2: Okay, Um, so uh, one of the questions they asked, they asked, they, they, the format was they, you know, Give you let let you make a statement yeah. and a brief statement, which I certainly did. Uh, but they asked me two questions. Melissa asked how our relationship was with city council and is there anything we could do to improve that. And of course I patted her on the back. <laughs> in the fact that she used to be a sustainability commissioner and now she continues as our liaison. But then after the meeting, I thought that you know she really hasn't she' doesn't meeting show for up <laughs> a while and I, I thought I'd ask Katie what kind of yeah. relationship we do have <laughs> she, she's so she was always very consistent for mm-hmm. a long time uh-huh. and then becoming mayor is right. really well I know she has a, she has a very good job yeah, yeah. and I, I wouldn't expect her to be it ever being yeah but, you yeah. know it's been uh, quite a while since we see her or uh, you know I, I, I got a phone call from her a couple of months ago you I, it just made me wonder if if, uh, if our message is getting through to the city council uh, the way it should or needs to um,
4: I can
1: respond to that you know just from my experience yes. working with the mayor um i don't I don't want to guess about attendance because that even predates me um, but I will say in my my updates with the mayor it seems like she is, fighting the good fights for us behind the scenes. Um, I you know, just had a meeting with her this past week talking about fleet electrification. Um, and she has been extremely adamant with the city manager and the city attorney behind the scenes trying to get um, the, the what we do it as the Smart Cities RFP out um, under her mayoral mayor ship. Um, and she has been very, very, Driven to get that done. Um, so I know, you know, maybe we might not always see her here, but she always has prompt updates for me, um, and is plugging that in with the city, with the, the city manager and the other people on staff. Before. Great,
2: that's really that's that's great. great. Yes, that's and, and part of my response to that question was to, you know, tell her that we'd lobbied for quite a while to get a staff person <laughs> in place to uh, do the things that we as volunteers. Don't have the bandwidth or even the ability to do is in terms of RFPs and, and grant writing and, and things like that. And I, I said that you were doing a great bang up job for the city, and we really are so happy that, that you're on board. And I, I, The fact that you are now letting us know that you're communicating well with Melissa is very, very helpful. Yeah,
6: I think. I think- My take on the absence of having a a council liaison in person here is just we have the liaison to what's happening in Council through you and they have what they need through you, so we don't have that direct correct I mean we don't we haven't all year had that direct connection, but if I imagine if we rotate next year and and we have someone sitting in here. Again, is that a waste of time almost because I mean it would be wonderful to have more engagement from council in person, but is it necessary because we have you? I mean, mm. people are really busy, right? So I mean you have built such a spot. Um now if you weren't here, we would have a big gap. Yeah. We would have no
3: connection So That's right. We agree. Yeah. You know, it's almost like there's projects getting done that Kate's doing that, you know, you all used to have a lot yeah. of you know work on mm-hmm. you know this was yeah. you, you things just get done now yeah <laughs> No, i don't know you all support me a lot yeah, so. <laughs> yeah but you know it, it's doing a
2: lot more than it, we ever did or could yeah, yeah. yeah. it's yeah. the
6: last i mean it's yeah. i know i'm This. I don't, i'm not going to steer us off topic but i mean it's the last meeting of the year and we should like, really acknowledge this was a huge game changer here yeah. getting it marked right it was it was years of lobbying and we we got it you're here and you're doing a fantastic job and it it was the missing piece and all those things that we you know would bring up and we get past and it, it would just like well who's executing this no one and now the fact that there's actual stuff being done some of it just as part of what you're creating and doing others that are some of our things that are being executed you know, the
0: ability I'm sure you guys have now to be yeah, teaming with someone. on a are teaming three, is mm-hmm. just great. Mm-hmm.
2: What a perfect segue <laughs> to our next agenda item from our staff <laughs> <liaison>. Well, <laughs> I, I, I have one, one more. Oh, yeah, Morgan. Uh, I just wanted to comment on uh, our secretary and, and meeting minutes. Uh, you know, and, and since I was secretary for quite a while, I, you know, I take some ownership of, of that process in a way and, and I I know that you know Nicholas has maybe had some challenges recently but um, when I went I realized that uh, there weren't any meeting minutes available from our last mm-hmm. meeting I went to look look at the video and I could hardly understand anything that anybody said. It was very garbled and the room was echoey. The the audio is just terrible in this room. And you know when I was interviewed at City Council next door, uh, I could hardly hear uh, uh, the—when I went back to listen to my interview on on, uh, the the video recording, I turned the volume up all the way, and I I could hear Janelle on Zoom, because she was on Zoom, but I couldn't hardly hear anybody like the, the council members that were in the room. And so mm-hmm. the, the, that
1: that meeting, they were having audio difficulties. Yeah, yeah um,
2: I don't think that's normally how it is. Yeah, I, I I would agree. That, that, but but uh, uh, you know, in terms of going back to the video, because Nicholas wasn't here at the last meeting, if he tries to create minutes from that, it just I don't know how you would do that because yeah. you know you can see people talking, but it would just run on run. Right. Pretty, pretty hard on,
6: to understand. A, a note on minutes, like I, you and I have been here the longest um, and you know when I came on board minutes were very like basic minutes like this this agenda item and and the it was what are the actions that yeah, was it just right. light action item notes and then you know I've told you you're like the king of yeah. You're marked AI, like the, the light <laughs> you know. um, and uh, they're wonderful, but they are like up here. So I think with the setting expectation of, you know, does our, our secretary need to, what, do they have the right guidance on what you need or what's required? I don't know if what we need is, you know, that level of notating or a simple action item that we could do in the room is fine. Just I mean, think, something to think about when you, you know. Like, well, let's get that sorted well, so then maybe if there's a secretary, you no, know, it's just you sad. know,
2: that it basically became an issue for me because I wanted to review what happened two months ago, and right, which I couldn't really remember. And you know, I just had the agenda, of course, but I just wanted to refresh my memory by looking at the minutes and then you know they weren't available. So I started looking at the video, and for after 10 minutes, I bailed out. So,
3: you no, know. um,
1: for future meetings, this. Sort of relatively recently happened, but I also wasn't prepared to figure out how to set it up for this meeting. Um, we do have, so right now we're using that top camera um, and microphone. We just installed this bottom one, um, which picks up much better. Oh good. Um, it does use Microsoft Teams. So there's some figuring out with how that's going to convert over to um, for the recording to to upload, and I just I haven't gone through that process yet of working with the clerk's office on figuring that out. Um, but we can definitely do that for the next meeting, so the audio will be clear.
2: That that would be a big help for sure. Thank you. Okay, that's my uh, whining. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right, now we can uh, go to Katie. Uh, on right. update.
1: Um. I think we talked honestly a lot about all of my updates, so I will very quickly go through just to reiterate the Sea level Rides Adaptation Plan and Paired Community Engagement um, got passed as a business item after um, some questioning by Vice Mayor Sobieski this past Tuesday. Um, Shout out to Michelle for all of your hard work on it and uh, we will be formally working together Um, on that since Michelle's firm is a subcontractor on that Um, so that will be kicking off in 2024 and be prepared to be engaged because there's going to be a lot of community engagement Um, so stay tuned for that Um, also approved this past Tuesday was the will down contract Um, for those of you that don't know that um, Incentives that are going to be provided to the city, um, resulting in no net cost to upgrade four, I think, six heat heat pump water heaters um, at City Hall and then the MLK building, um, which is a total sum of money that's valued at like um, Mm $42,000 that we're getting to the city for free. I talked to Dana at the county, just um, we had our NCEP luncheon today, um, and you know, it seems like that pot of money is continuing. So if we wanted to figure out looking at other municipal buildings, um, there's, there's some, some play, you know, depending on where it is, something to figure out with the geographic side of things. But it seems like that could be a possibility. And now that we have the process all lined out and the contract, and, um, it could be very easy. So love that.
2: That's great. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
8: Coming up on
1: council on the 19th, as I said, is the the smart cities RFP, uh, whatever we ended up officially dubbing it. Um, but looking at um, energy conservation upgrades for city buildings, um, it, we're preparing to award it to Climate Tech, um, who the city manager has worked with. A lot in the past and I think Greg's met with them. Yeah, good meeting with them. Um, yeah, so we're excited about where that takes us. Um we're still waiting on grant review um for the um CRC, the Community Resilience Center. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I thought of that. Oh yeah. Um, right. okay for for MLK um so we're waiting on that and then you all heard from Kevin about the latest EV updates uh, so I'm glad I didn't have to explain <laughs> that
0: um,
1: and I, I just want to give a shout out to you know Ollie and Kevin and you know trying to work through the bureaucracy of figuring out what what the city attorney needs to get something yeah. approved and then the city manager like, I know it, it does seem like a no-brainer, but you know there is red tape trying to get stuff passed that's, I, I don't know, gonna ensure our liability enough um, between that and make sure the city isn't installing chargers that we're frankly not going to be able to maintain. And that's like, that would be a huge burden to the city that yeah. we don't have the staff to support. So I really do feel like the way that we're going is complicated, but wherever we're going with the with this integrative is it integrative or inner yeah. integrative, integrative charging? Uh, I yeah. see.
0: It's um. Go ahead. Just, yeah. I,
1: I do feel like that is the correct path because it's going to take the burden uh, off of the city yeah. completely, and it's going to mean that this doesn't fall through the cracks. In the future, and when we already have this established, it's going to be like the Well Van thing, where there's already an established contract, and we, you know, when we want to do more chargers in different places, and we just go through that that process that's already mm-hmm. established to add more. Mm-hmm. Um, so this it's yeah, frustrating. Yeah, and this
0: but, happened because of InterTie being the local South mm-hmm. based marine ship charger company it was a good idea to use them, but no one knew at the time that they weren't going to be managing them for the city. And now I get it. Now I'm like, okay, I get it.
2: Aren't they primarily a battery company, battery storage? No, they're a
0: whole um, system, solar battery, charging, whatever you need, they claim that they'll do it. But now I'm understanding that they're not good in terms of providing the whole thing, you know, all of it servicing. Yeah. yeah,
1: they're they're great for yeah. you know like the charger yeah. that we want to put in, but in terms of you know installing that and, and maintaining yeah. that and, and figuring out how much they need to be they're, charging. They're basically account.
0: the system. This is why I'm confused because they were really good. They're you know right here. They're really great, and the system for connecting to the grid, having the chargers there in optimizing that for the best outcome for what you need as a location. In fact, we were talking to them about electrifying the marina here because they're doing that in places. And you can add in solar if it makes sense, you know, to their system. They're not the charger company. They're more like the operations of the OS for the system that's going to be installed.
3: Yeah.
2: So it's one of the issues that the city has set up a contract with Intertie and then They're obligated somehow. That's
1: what we're trying to figure out right now, uh and that's been reignited of figuring that out now that we have more information from integrative charging. Yeah, um, is the fact that the city did pass a resolution saying we were going to buy chargers from Intertie, and now we find out that it honestly might be easier to not. I'm
6: sure.
0: I might reach out to, you know, I mean, it's like they should be able to have a partner company m- managing maintenance, doing it. you know, they should, uh, okay, I'll, I'll,
1: we've gotten so far with integrative creative partner, I, I don't know that I would want yeah. to change the
0: process right now. Um, okay, I'll leave it alone. But I
1: mean, I mean, do, do what you want to do, but I'm just like.
0: No, I get it. No, yeah. yeah.
1: So now we're starting conversations with the city attorney to figure out, you know, what does that resolution mean? Like, do, I mean. we. Yeah.
3: Okay. I'm not gonna
6: speculate because right. I'm not right. an attorney. So I don't know what the legality of that resolution means, but <laughs> it's interesting cool. that a resolution specifies offender.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think
2: in this case it yeah. was because of was being local.
0: Right.
2: Those are my updates. Thank you. Um I know that the reach codes have been on the city council future agenda for quite a while and they haven't moved up. What's the status of that?
1: Uh, I haven't heard anything from, I feel like last time we talked, it was like we need to have the mayor and the city attorney and I sit all down. That meeting, honestly, hasn't happened. Um, And we've been full force getting the smart cities thing Mm -hmm. moved forward. it doesn't seem like there's been like a capacity of figuring that all out. Um, the city manager and new mayor, so mayor so will be mayor Sobieski, um, wants to see city council agenda items projected into the future and us actually achieving those to to avoid from last minute scrambling that happens on staff's end. Um, so that's going to be happening in 2024. So I anticipate that we can put it on the schedule and that it's actually going to happen.
2: So Melissa's term is up at the end of the year? Yes. Mm-hmm.
6: And um, with IRA money, do you feel like you guys now have, you know, enough of a, an idea of everything that's available out there, or is it still a little bit of, a, of an opaque okay bucket of money? In terms of? Just understanding what is available there or to to grab.
3: Yeah, I mean,
1: IRA money comes out in so many different types of buckets.
6: Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, it's it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of money and a lot of different directions it's going, so yeah. I just wondered if, if, you know, over this year you've been able to unlock particular resources or um, people or, you know, you feel like you're 50% of the way there and understanding, or, or do you feel like you haven't even, it's a drop in the bucket and there's so much more to uncover? Because, I mean, I think that's yeah. such a Key thing as unlocking money, yeah, and and having the time to and apply then, for that money,
1: but it, and it's honestly like so large portion of my job and the or nine months that I've been here, um, has been you know like applying to grants and a big thing that I'm running into is a lot of federal money, not all, but a lot of federal money. Wants a certain amount of low income communities or a justice for the initiative. Um, that, frankly, like depending on how how you swing it, Sausalito doesn't fall into. Right. Um, so, that honestly makes my job much, much more difficult of trying to target grants mm-hmm. that aren't going to. Preferentially select communities, um, mm-hmm. or that that don't have that preferential selection. No, that that shouldn't be there to begin with. Obviously, it should, but um, that yeah. that is a challenge with applying to the federal yeah. buckets of money that I'm going after. But I am taking this um, I forget what it's called, but it's basically a IRA grant bootcamp thing. Um, that the mayor referred me to. So,
3: that's that's helping decode it, it, some of it, but it's still a, a big hurdle. Yeah, that's tough. If they you're kind of out of the loop before you even apply. Yeah. Hmm.
2: Back to uh, the reach code. Um, when I made my statement at, 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 during my interview, I, I indicated that the commission was very interested in. Um, emphasizing a new construction uh, electrification and especially for the 724 units that are mm. described in the uh, city's uh, housing element i saw some heads on nice. council nodding
0: good <laughs> that's the key right there
2: yeah
3: mm-hmm.
0: maybe
1: yeah. you yeah. should and, uh, start contacting with anything so
2: okay okay you think so
1: I don't think it's a, a bad uh-huh. move to have multiple people on council who are interested in mm-hmm. something that has mm-hmm. proven difficult to get past.
2: You know, if we wait till the next code cycle, um, you know, there could be a number of projects that are permitted and, and have uh, authorization to proceed uh, without those kind of requirements. So I think it's really important that the city Gets out on the books sooner yeah. than later. Would it? This is a question, not a. Right,
0: I, I don't know the answer, but would it make sense to have Melissa and Ian together in that conversation? Because then Melissa can help transition, or is that yeah. not a good Honestly, like the biggest
1: holdup is like the city attorney. I keep saying it. But like, it seemed like for us to get this passed, a lot of city attorney time is necessary. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, especially since the uh, Berkeley lawsuit hasn't been resolved by the Ninth Circuit Court yet. And And that's
1: his, like...
2: Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. that threw a kink in a lot of people's plans. Yeah. Well, Greg, you you and I should talk about how we can move forward with City Council. Okay. Um,
0: Okay, Um, we good? Housekeeping and committee updates uh, section here, so we don't have our city council liaison waste.
6: So um, I why don't we just kick to you guys on on that because I don't have any specific updates.
1: Did you have your hmm? Did you have your meeting with the city manager? Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. Yeah, it went well. It went well. We talked over. We 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 have um, we have to do an amendment and, and some cleanup contract for uh, SB 1383, and that's to give us some responsibility. And although some of it's built into the ordinance already, it just needs to be clearly spelled out. But I know, I think you also heard me over the last several years talk about, you know, what we've done with trucks and everything and SB 1383, and we'd like to get a little bit more time on the contract. And so down the road, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. He was open to having that discussion. You know, it's ultimately a Council decision, but support from the community is great too. So, but we, we got we have a lot on our plate mm-hmm. still. So there's there's, still, there's a lot going on. Um, and then you speak of Melissa Blaustein. She, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a, a company called the Mill that I kept mm-hmm. hearing about getting yep. like the I, we met with the mayor and we need to talk and i was coming from zero waste marin saying you know i need to give you a connection well i never got a connection from everybody except from this company called mill finally reached out and uh we have a, a mill in our office kitchen mm-hmm. and it's a composter um it's kind of unique it's i think they're trying to find a place left of where to put it but it composts the kitchen all the food waste yeah. And it turns it basically into dirt almost. And mm-hmm. then you can mail it back to them if you want. They have prepaid, there's a couple ways to do it. They have a prepaid packaging that they can melt. You can put, you know, after this, you know, couple week process in this, in this can, um, it cooks it, it turns it at night, um, and, uh, it, it takes the water. Takes, yeah. So, so, you know, the trigger compost is like 40 to 80% water, mm-hmm. but it completely dries it out. You can mail it back to them. I think they have an office in Washington and then they put it into chicken feed. Or you can just have this can and you can take it and dump it into your green So This is what this is. This or thing. put it in your garden. Yeah, uh, it's, if you can mix it into the garden, we passed that question, you can mix it into your garden, but if you, you know, it would just really be a, a, a different kind of soil amendment, but it could, it's, because it's, it, there's like no, no moisture to it, hardly at all. So you would mix it in. You know with with your dirt you know but like you would compost but in a different you know wouldn't be the same wouldn't be quite the same but it's good good for that so you, you
6: got for it as like you tested it, it it works everything that's
3: going on works but then where it fits in is kind of tough because it, it, in some sense it just becomes like kind of an expensive garbage can yeah um because you you might have to have like a wait that you know you'd to you have this and um in our system, you could put paper and stuff in it too, and then you could just dump it into the green can. But if you don't take it, and you choose to mail it back with a pre-mailed um, box, you have to have it completely just food waste. It has to be nothing but no, no paper, no nothing. It just has to be yeah. clean food. How big is it? It's it's, it's like a pretty good size of garbage can. The size can. of a um, garbage can. Yeah, so it's mm-hmm. about this tall mm-hmm. and about that big around. How much power does it use? Uh, he asked that question, and he said something about about as much energy as a dishwasher. So he he mentioned the wadded, but I can't remember what he said exactly. A dishwasher going every night. <laughs> I, I yeah. So that's that's the one thing mm-hmm. that, that things running every night. And then I I I, I, I looked after the fact. Okay, I, I looked sooner. It looked like it runs for like six six hours or something. Oh, it does? Yeah, it runs quite a while. Yes. Yeah, okay. I it, you know, I'll double check, but I thought that, I thought that, um, yeah, they had not have a nap they have an app for <laughs> that. They have a nap for that, you know. <laughs> and, um, it said something that starts, at like, well, our alarm goes at seven. 7, and something mm-hmm. like one thirty I thought, it's done wow. in the morning. So, um. So it is a dishwasher. Yeah, so. I, mm-hmm. I
6: mean, yeah, I mean, from a residential standpoint, it, you know, it feels like you've got, you You've got a lot of you provide a lot of ease in composting with the with the combination of the paper mm-hmm. and everything. But for restaurants that maybe aren't, do you see a different like where it would they, be beneficial for restaurants? They opposite. don't have it at that level yet. We
3: have, they, well, mm-hmm. you, know, you asked that question yeah. right? Yeah, they didn't have it at a commercial level yet. Mm. Um, you know. Kim, um, there's also Kimberly that works for uh, Zero Waste Marine and I, apparently they had a meeting somehow with her and she said, you know, is it just another step process that, the, 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 you know, that a resident or a customer is going to have to go through to, you know, get rid of their, their, their food waste and what's somewhat simpler. So that, that came up, but there's a lot of data that comes with it. I mean, it, it's, it's Wi-Fi connected, it measures the amount of material that goes into it. Um, so you can still get Information they haven't made the link on how you get the information for SB 1383 reporting, but it, it, it can do a lot. But you know, what, what do you want to do with all that information? They they're actually trying interested in doing some kind of pilot program. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how it would fit in, so they want to like have an offer. But my understanding is that like thirty nine dollars a month what is there, is their subscription, and with that you get the you get this um, you know can or this just this, this unit. Um, and, uh, you get the ability to mail it back, you know, if you want, or just use, use your own service that you have. So it's pretty pricey. So they yeah. Have
1: talked, yeah, they've talked to the mayor. She mentioned
3: it to me as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she, she's, yeah, you know, she, her name came up quite a bit in the conversation. So I, I haven't, I texted her and told her that we met, and, um, we haven't, it hasn't gone any farther than that. And they, they are interested in probably presenting to the sustainability commission, I think. Um it, it it I mean it is pretty cool. I mean I, I the it, let's see the the information um let's see Oh I, I it's unplugged. Oh
2: yeah, yeah
0: the had power had out. somebody Yeah. Not,
3: somebody somebody <laughs> came by our office and knocked <laughs> the power out. Okay. Hit a telephone call yesterday and we're <laughs> power plug. Yeah. Oh no. And so I, I when we were running off a standby generator and stuff to just keep some stuff going and uh I was afraid that that kicked on. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I take all your, yeah. take all your juice. <laughs> yeah. was Like computer or garbage can, you know, So, okay. <laughs> so anyway, it's pretty cool. It, it, it's pretty cool, but I mean I don't know, we're probably gonna hear a little bit more about it. Yeah. All right. Um
0: moving on, public outreach okay
6: i'll run run it through quickly um i mean you know sticking with the waste theme a little bit um the plastic ordinance is now in effect the county one so sort of understanding a a priority for next year Mm -hmm. uh, i should start by saying that we have set up regular meetings with katie um between our now quarterly meetings we, you know, had a couple of them, you know, the schedules that cut the way they're in the calendar. So at least we're forced to connect. Um, one of the things we have done is already a couple months ago, we set up our priorities for this year. So uh, for next year. So understanding that ordinance now getting zero waste Marin involved with us and tabling and doing all of that and really helping to get that message out will be a big priority. Um, another big priority for, um, outreach, waste reuse slash it all is, is just trying to get through what has been stalling is that green business program mark that you brought to us years ago. Now, um, we will make progress on that in 2024, um, Nick, I think does have some updates on the doc phone thing I just don't know what they are but he's he's not here to present that so I'm not going to try. Um, For outreach uh, we talked about some of the things that we want to do. We have this ongoing website resource review that we've talked about. We've talked about the process for getting updates going so we're starting to try and figure that out. Um, We do feel, and I remember mentioning to this, this you will be the only one that was around at the time, but or maybe it was when I first became chair. I don't know. Setting up the process for updating the website, we have to be able to involve the subcommittees. They have to be able to give us the content. So just saying like, hey, outreach, here's one for you. Our XYZ initiative. We need to be asking the committees okay yeah happy to outreach it but like what exactly is the yeah. point what exactly do you and, and having that be a little bit more of a lift for the subcommittee so that it all doesn't fall on Katie on outreach because yeah. you know this just better that way um we want to weave in collaborations more on the website which and the funny thing is is that on our plan we have ready set replace here because we had already engaged them so my question is what for that pilot to move forward which seems like a pretty easy win what is i don't think that's something that has to go through a big old like you know ask at council that seems like a straight up yeah. There's no fees exchange, there's no, isn't that, I would be, it's a question for you really as, as the sustainability manager, is that something you could just raise with Chris and just, or, and just Probably. say, we're going to do it. Yeah. And, and do it and we just get it done and put it on our website. I mean, yeah. it's already there in the plan.
1: Yeah. I think it's so interesting the, the number of people that you guys have asked about heat pump water heaters, stuff like that. I get very few emails or people mm. talking to me. So I'm like, do people just not know I
6: exist, or like, <laughs> what's going on? Well, <laughs> I mean, those questions came at tabling, yeah. where you know they're walking by and they're seeing the thing and then they're asking, versus they're not emailing us.
5: Yeah, yeah.
0: right.
5: Yeah, that's true. It's
0: an I, carbon-free homes is going, Want to do the outreach? I
6: yeah, start. I mean, I mean, so, this, this to me is a no-brainer. Yeah, these
0: that, guys. that's a good so, thing. Yeah,
6: you, they seem to not have a real direct ask of us. My ask of you is, let's do mm-hmm. this, and uh, what mm-hmm. do we need to do for you? Like, do we need to be run it. Wait till yeah. March to run it through, and by the t- that's it's like six months before we start yeah. doing it. I just as soon say, guys, can we get that website yeah. live? And I put think it on the yeah, it would be nice
1: for them to like come back in March and more formally
6: present like you know what a pilot would look like and vote on it and stuff. So wait till then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the the uh, so that would be something that I think we want to get them back fast forwarding to future agenda items. I would suggest we we move to do that. Um, other. Um, Updates really just needing to reconnect in the new year on going through all of the priorities of subcommittees once everything's set up and everyone's back around the table. Um, what are the needs? Um, EV awareness, plastic ban ordinance, electrification are just kind of the three biggies. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a new phase of the gas power landscape equipment. Ban coming into effect in January, so just making sure that Abbott, I'm, I'm sure Abbott's all over it, you know, being able to communicate that when it happens and refreshing on that. Um, there, the other things I won't, you know, Kim Ree has provided updates and she's out sick today, but she's got a lot going on over at Sausalito Village and Whiskey Springs, so there's, I don't think I need to go down every bit of outreach that's happening, but there is stuff happening. Katie's booked for an appearance at Sausalito Women's Club. Where I would guess you might have some heat bump questions. Um, So uh, perhaps. um, And yeah, so we're engaging their city or Chamber of Commerce. We talked about this um, when we were tabling and just the need to kind of take yep. that off it's always been a lot of like we got to partner with them i think that should be a main objective in 2024 is actually yes. kick-starting that and That's if good. you're the one with the relationship who like talking about a handoff there yep. and figuring out who's the right price person to take that the other thing that we did when we had our tabling which is i guess the big update but i don't need to update you because you guys were all there <laughs> um we all tabled together remember <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you're right um, but I think that was a great example of, you know, a successful event. But we also talked about what we could do better and that QR code really just having the plug and play ability to boom, tabling. We don't have to think about it because we got our QR code and that QR code is going to the website. So it's all about keeping the website updated decluttering, you know, all of the need for, we just have some basic signage. I forgot to bring it to you, but I'll put the stuff in my garage. I'll bring it to you. I don't think there's an event, but nope. <laughs> um, Yeah, so that's kind of the, the rundown. Nothing too earth shattering, all pretty much normal stuff. I look forward to more tabling events, though, in 2024, because I think we proved that that's yeah. successful. And it's been a while, because of COVID, that we have done something as big as that. And that's where we get to
3: people. Good. Thank you. Uh-huh. Maybe we can our newsletter that goes out. We can uh, talk about for a commercial talk about the you know, plastic, plastic board. Yeah, we need to. Yeah, we can do a big oh, okay. a big thing on that in January. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no i yeah, I was laughing because uh, I was laughing because uh, some somebody once somebody said, I said you know that new plastic board. I said you know that new compostable. Um, container ordinance when you're here to you go back that's got to go away pretty soon you got to get get on board oh yeah well our stuff is reusable it's plastic and you can wash it use it you know, times. this is okay it's a no plastic ordinance okay single-use plastics you can't have plastic well, <laughs>
6: and and if we should talk about offline if anything to do with our in Sausalito that we had and implemented with you and you have all of that that stuff, all those marketing collateral things mm-hmm. on your website. Does any of it not align with the new one? Is anything going to be confusing, right? We don't want yeah. anyone to get confused and okay. say, Sausalito, ban, and then wait, a county, what's what? So, eliminating alone, confusion. Yeah. And if we need to, that means we have to get rid of all of our old stuff and just put on new county yeah. stuff. Whatever's going to be easier for the consumer is what we want to
3: do. Yeah, because I, mean, I think we 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 pretty much are in a lot in alignment with them. But we should probably just maybe just put the count whatever. Maybe we should just look and see what's out there. We can just you know switch it over. So mm-hmm. that's a good idea. That's a good point. There are some
1: jurisdictions in Marin who haven't adopted it, so I'm not really. I think it's like either larger or more? I think it's zero.
6: Do we need to pass some sort of adoption of it resolution? Isn't it a county ordinance? We adopted a county it. ordinance. Yeah, the yeah, we county did. has it. But that doesn't mean uh, every single jurisdiction has adopted it. Got we adopted it. it, yeah. it okay. but, but we have. So it's yeah. All matter. Yeah. And, yeah. And I think an, an idea might be to get Kathy um, back to, because she's zero waste Marin and you know, we know her. We could all go reinvigorate the old outreach committee, bring her in to advise us on those differences. Um, that might be a good meeting to organize in January or something.
3: Yeah, because I think it, the health department is actually the one that's doing like the enforcement and some of the outreach mm-hmm. and training. So I don't know where zero waste I zero waste marinas is I heard a discussion about they need to get more involved in it, but. Mm-hmm. It, 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 when this when this ordinance was coming through the county pipeline, where Zero Waste Marin was at that point, they wanted it pushed off to the health department because they do their within, when they they do their inspections, they can give them all the information, they can make sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, which makes sense. But I think the new management, Zero Waste Marin, wants to be a little more involved. So mm. I don't know how that's going to sit. Yeah. Well,
6: maybe Keith, looking at you. Maybe Kathy. Can chase down whatever's the real situation there, right. are in. We sorry. had the
1: health department come and present at an MCEP meeting. And it seems like. They're the ones? It, basically, it seems like what you said. Well, right. they may be doing it, but they're
6: not out there doing outreach and stuff. They are, yeah. They like, are.
1: Supposedly, that was like their whole presentation was like, yeah, technically this started on the 10th,
6: but. Uh, and and so zero waste Marin, they're not even engaging them. In, I think they are engaging them, but I just don't know. Like it's well, yeah. kind of gray. What extent we'll, that's happening? We'll figure it out. So we just need with with that. We need to figure out how they're working to do the engagement and the enforcement, so that we can communicate it through tabling efforts, our website, your website, and then we need to make sure to get rid of anything that's confusing.
3: I heard Yogi in, in a conversation somewhere that. that um, mm-hmm. Sushi ran said something about the health department came out and had a had a talk with them about it. Some in some form or oh, fashion. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then I did talk with another restaurant, and he thought it would be a good idea to get like everybody together and just have a have a, a meet you know a meeting or a luncheon or you know a little breakfast thing or something about it. So it could be good with the chamber. hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. We well, yeah, be the yeah, because all the people that I'm talking about are big, in, mm-hmm. you know, they're all they're big in, in the, the chamber, chamber. so it could figure out. Wow. Oh, really yeah. interesting. Okay. All right.
0: Onward? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, Marin County, I don't have much. I'm involved in the Marin Can group and they're in the process of raising money to be a overriding kind of collaborator and accelerator of all this stuff happening in Marin for climate and decarbonization. So it's just a a, a um good group of people that are going to just keep moving forward, but they've got to raise money first. So, and then we'll be partnering with MSF and partnering with each jurisdiction and partnering with things like, you know, carbon home. It's like getting everything moving faster is the point of it, is an umbrella an organization. So.
6: so when you roll off the commission, can you just keep coming back as the liaison <laughs> on that through your role with County?
0: Probably, as probably can, up? yeah, sure. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's my question. Good. Um. All right. Water. We don't have any. Uh, Michelle. I guess. Yeah. Just. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nothing on water. So energy. We talked about the the uh,
2: ordinance, but do you have anything else? Yeah, I have a short PowerPoint if it will work. <clears throat> so you know, I I've been attending the uh, Marin County electrification roadmap meetings there have been three workshops since august and uh the, the third one was the final one uh I, I found this graphic just to uh you know show the breadth of of uh, electrification options that, that exist and i'm not going to go into any detail on this you can see what it's all about there so next i like that
1: yeah yeah this
6: graphic? And, and it sort of it, it helps with the um you go back to the record? Yeah. That yeah. helps like to someone who's just learning about it, understanding like how do these work together? Uh-huh. Um, how can I have one without the other? Um, you know, can I mm-hmm. just choose to do You're some? I think those are the questions that people have. So understanding the relationship between everything or what do I have uh, to get yeah. to have one but not the other?
2: Well I'll just point out a couple of things here on the air source heat pump, there's two components. There's the indoor component where the heat comes out of, or the, the cool comes out of, and the outdoor condenser with the fan that you've all seen on the outside of buildings. Mm-hmm. And that's where the heat either comes in or goes out on the other side. Uh, whereas the heat pump water heater, is, is there's two kinds. One's self-contained, and, and the heat is typically located in a garage so that the uh, when you're making hot water, There's cold air, cooler air that comes out of the top, and it doesn't affect the garage. uh, I mean, it it would, but who cares if there's colder air in the garage? Uh, If this is located indoors in in your home, then you'd have to have a ventilated closet of some kind. You don't want to let that cool air build up in a small space. Um, So, uh, just wanted to point out those couple of things. And then the electrical panel is one thing we talked about in our last meeting, uh, the number of homes and their age and their uh, need for upgrades on the electrical panel is uh, certainly need to be taken into account. Yes. So next slide. And, uh, so the, the this is based on the Marine Grand Jury uh, report that we all talked about on new construction, but they also uh, report on a need for a plan that trans- transitions buildings to all-electric, uh, 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 so that's, we're looking at existing sources at the end of their lifetime. Um, we don't have to go into any more detail right here, but we'll take a look at the next slide. Um, the timeline, uh, as I said, I've been attending the three workshops uh, since August, and uh, the final draft of the countywide electrification roadmap to, uh, to phase out existing sources of uh, gas appliances uh, will be completed this this month or next month. So we'll all have more to report at our uh, ne- next meeting. Go ahead. A couple of things I learned at the uh, last workshop is that uh, the Air Resources Board CARB. Is banning the sale of all new natural gas heaters and water heating appliances by 2030. Um, so you know that that's ultimately what's going to drive this. But you know we'd like to, uh, as part of this county plan, uh, see some actions that will take uh, take effect uh, before that time. Next, and then uh, back mud. Uh, The Air Air District Board has ruled that uh, all heat pump, uh, all furnaces and uh, water heaters need to be zero uh, nitrous oxide emissions. So that that means basically by 2027 uh, there will be no, you won't be able to buy a we will have to have a heat pump water heater and, and by 2029 20, 20, all, all space heaters that are new and replacement will have to be uh, heat pump space heaters. Next. Uh, the state budget uh, created an equitable building decarbonization program allocated almost a billion dollars in funding for decarbonization of low and moderate income households. Uh, These uh, upgrades include installing zero emission electric heat pumps for air and water heating and cooling. Next. Uh, Building Decarbonization Coalition is uh, uh, working with the uh, California Public Utilities Commission to create this neighborhood decarbonization program. And many neighborhoods that have aging gas pipelines and distribution systems will require significant upgrades to maintain service and safety. By targeting these neighborhoods for electrification, these costly gas upgrades could be avoided, and ideally, those funds would be directed toward community scale, scale electrification. And I don't know if this little video will work, but uh,
1: let's find out together.
2: It's quite short. There it is. Can you make it full screen? And audio, maybe?
3: This might start playing in two different locations.
2: Well, you can read the uh, script, I guess. Mm-hmm. There you have it. So my question is, um, PG&E has the information about how old their gas pipeline and distribution systems are in any any town or any neighborhood. And can we get that information? Can we find out the age of and when they're planning to do major system upgrades? I think that you know, taking a look at the the, the, the big picture, uh, like, like neighborhood scale decarbonization, is really going to have to happen for we to accelerate our move away from fossil fuels uh, in the way that needs to be done to meet our climate goals.
3: Agreed. Yeah.
2: So how do how do we get that information for PG&E? <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> great question. Um, we could try it. We, yeah. Um, do
2: do we have a city liaison in pg and Or does PG&E have a somebody that?
1: We have like a community, I don't know what title, community, affairs yeah. yeah.
0: specialist. You can start like there. Yep.
1: Mark Van Gorder, I think is his name. Um,
0: yeah this is really good because yes the city can start by asking him be be great to like share that video with him yeah to say we're thinking about this we want to talk to you you know what i mean yeah and some of the dovetails
1: with you know work that ncep is trying to undertake writing a letter to pg and e talking about our plans to electrify our municipalities and, yeah. and you know wanting to inform PG;E formally via a letter that mm-hmm. these are our goals and we need to make sure that the grid is going to support that mm-hmm. um, so that's an effort that's you know ongoing yeah, okay, ongoing right now that's you know going to look like a formal letter to, to PG&E and that was something that Mark Told us that we should do, which
2: is okay. interesting. Um, so. Yeah, certainly having uh, the, the grid be able to support future electrification is very important. Yeah. But this is the first time I've really thought of the aging and gas infrastructure, yeah, right. and you know, that's going to take a lot of money. Well, yeah, you know, PGE is going to have to spend a lot of money. Why, why don't they instead spend that money to upgrade? People's ability to use electricity.
0: And just, I mean, as a comment about that, anything they do in their infrastructure where they make profits, they're happy to do. Mm -hmm. So it takes the communities to tell them, give them the direction, like what you're, the letter to get them off of the gas infrastructure, because, you know, just what you're saying. But they they'll go around and put in a bunch of new gas infrastructure. They're gonna make profit. Right. That's how they make the profit. So yep. it's fine. anyway, yep. the whole energy world that I'm involved in makes me nuts about that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Good. Okay. Um, transportation. We already heard about the chargers, and there's nothing else in transportation this time. Did you watch City Council pass? <laughs> Kevin's Kevin's working on a very
1: interesting kind of like what you were talking about, you know, it like it it takes us all changing and benefiting the community members and and you know stuff along those lines. Um Kevin's undertaking a Napa to I forget the exact stretch, but it's it's a bridgeway right out here by Napa across from Penfee Park down. Um, Figuring out bike lanes and
0: and. Oh right, such. yeah, that's um, the the bike. Um, the what's the, the pedestrian and bike. Yeah. Committee. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're, yeah. they're on. Yeah. Right. that's transportation related. Yes.
2: For bikes and pedestrians. We'll improve that. That's yeah, cool. on the city council agenda, there's a presentation, the slides you can look at. Oh, that yeah. Guy? Yeah. Go over it. Pretty good. Yeah. Good.
0: Um, all right. Business items. Um, so we, should we push off the July 4th fireworks to next meeting? Because I think so. Henry's it's not, not like Marie was yeah.
1: not ready for that yet. So that would
0: be next meeting. Yep. Um, the votes for new chair and vice chair we can't do today, right? Because we don't have a quorum.
1: Yeah, I didn't contingency plan this with the city attorney asking for Brown Act because I just assumed, I thought we had four people coming.
6: Yeah. Um, so Uh, mean, we still have you in term, we still have a chair at the next meeting if we keep you and we already have a plan.
2: Yes. Can we make nominations? Can we make, I guess we could nominate and
0: then vote. I don't don't know
1: know. what we can and can't do (laughs) at all. Yeah, okay.
0: I'm sorry. Well, well, we know we can't vote. Uh, well, why don't we formally nominate? Like, yeah, I know this counts as like oh, a yeah. we're <laughs> formally nominating our vice chair to become chair for 2024, Mr. Mark. We, <laughs>
2: yeah,
6: so yeah. we've to
2: <laughs> And, yeah, I, and I, were, I formally nominate David Cooper as vice chair, yeah. so then we can vote. It, it might not more. mean anything today, but we've said yeah, it, we'll we say it again.
0: Yeah.
6: And the important thing is, we're not. Absent of a chair, you're already vice chair, yeah. so you essentially are going to be, act, you know, acting the part. Yeah. And then it's only the David piece that would be.
0: Um, yeah. The only thing that's missing is a quorum vote. They're the eyes, yeah. right? I mean, so just, yeah, we're no good. <laughs> All right. nominations don't have to be voted on. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, future agenda items. I think we're good there, right?
6: We have fireworks. Fireworks. We have the the, boats. The, the 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 boats, of course. <laughs> but we have the 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 guys. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Carbon three homes. Yeah. Yes. As a actual. Um, yeah.
1: Okay. Formal pilot. Pilot. I'm yeah. I'm interested to know. I mean, I can certainly talk to Sean about this, but I'm interested to know
6: more about the mailers exactly. you know yep. like the nitty-gritty yeah uh, be interested in where they with their the business model where do they get
0: their yeah. revenue they would be i mean jack would be more than happy to answer any questions it's just because he wants you know he obviously wants this to happen so be, before the next meeting if you and yeah. or you with us or whatever, however you want to yeah, handle yeah. it, let's go back and make sure we have all of our questions answered, right? Yeah. So that in March we can say yes.
1: Yes, we yeah. want to do that project, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and part of that will be like me inquiring with the city manager yeah. or the city yeah. attorney. I don't, I don't really know what needs to happen, but in order to get something like that yeah. uploaded to the website. Yeah, good.
2: Okay. And I, I have one feature agenda. Um, uh, the uh, police department of the <laughs> F-150. <laughs> 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 uh, Did you get my email? Yeah. You, my email? What? you got my email on that, right? Yeah, you yeah, 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 yeah. It just made me re- think about how to better integrate your work and our work yeah. with city departments. Yeah. And I, I have some ideas that I'd like maybe you and I could meet and talk about a little bit before I uh, but we actually put on the agenda. But I just yeah,
1: think I welcome all ideas. I mean, I feel like that's my job, is inverting myself into mm-hmm. other departments. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's been easier in some departments than
2: others. Yeah. Well, as, uh, as, as Green Building Coordinator for the City of San Francisco for 16 years, mm-hmm. I, I chaired the Municipal Green Building Task Force uh, for, for 16 years. And uh, we had 22 city departments that met monthly. Um, and wasn't the director of any department, but they, you know, the directors were responsible for responsible for uh, appointing somebody on their staff to, to attend these meetings. And, you know, we wouldn't have every 22 departments represented at every meeting, but you know, it got pretty large where we, you know, and members of the public were invited. We actually had it was required that we have a public member appointed by the mayor to to attend as well, and uh, it. When I first started my position there, I thought it was just an unbelievable chore to organize these meetings once a month. But after a couple of years, I realized it's such a valuable tool to get everybody on the same page. It takes a while, but that that information does percolate through once you get somebody from every department on a regular basis be, hearing presentations and and Seeing how they measure up with other departments on what, what they're doing. And, you know, we had the fire department, the police department, the department, wreck and, wreck and park, record park, the port of San Francisco, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. the health and human services, everybody. You know, we had a lot of participation that was very, very valuable. So, you know, uh, I'd like to talk to you more about that. And,
6: and of there's, there's, there's two issues specifically now this year with, with the police department. The, the that's where the is, or no, no, did it roll off the police department? No, it rolled off the police department to the code guy for the leaf blowing. Sorry, oh, are you reading my uh, mind? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, leaf blowing. Leaf blowing, yes. the, when you call in the beginning, it was going to the police department, but then it was now it's to the guy that needs to get in his car and go there and like hear it. Okay, so never mind, it wasn't with the, yeah. Was
2: it a, a new code enforcement officer? Or? Yeah, he, he
1: started maybe a few months before I did but he's just recently been able to actually
6: issue citations. Um, has, has there been a leaf blower citation?
1: Not that he's told me but it's been maybe two months since I've actually asked him but I think he would help me. Yeah, We, got a, yeah. we yeah. got a lot of money! I think it would be gotten something <laughs> like <that>. <laughs> Yeah.
6: yeah. <laughs>
3: Also. Okay. Uh, are we? Uh, I gave I gave some to Lauren. I gave some to Lauren, but here's some honey. Oh, it, it's uh, wow. it's 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 from a place we have a, with our kids at in But it, it it was the moisture content was I low. That. I love the name. Yeah. yeah. Christy Critters. That's great. It, it came. It came back. It came. It's from a. <laughs> like, Is the meeting over?
0: You're oh, oh, yeah. sorry. Uh We are adjourned. <laughs> Thank you. Thank okay.
5: you.